Listener Production. You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Hey darlings, it's producer Carly here. We've got something a little bit different for you today. Back in late October, I ran a poll on the Darling Shine Instagram asking what your favourite eps of all time were. The results were super interesting and it gave me a really good perspective on what resonated with all of you. But also somewhat surprising, a lot of the negative reviews the podcasters had have been around the travel stuff, yet these episodes really heavily featured as some of your favourites. And I think that's the thing about producing content. You're never going to be able to please everyone. The stuff that some of you absolutely love, others of you, not your bag. So I guess let this be a lesson to all of you out there who are content creators yourself. Do your own thing. Some people are going to love it. Some people are not going to love it. But you've got to stay authentic to yourself. And I think this is something that Chloe and Elle do really, really well. What you see <laughs> and what you hear, I can tell you firsthand, it's, it's authentic. This is who Chloe and Elle are. You have to stay authentic to yourself because you cannot please everyone all of the time. Okay, so with that said, let's get into your favourite episodes. Before we do, though, I'll make sure to pop links to these episodes into the show notes. So if you hear something you like and you're like, I think I might have missed this, you can go easily back into the catalogue to find it. Not all that surprising, by far and away, the most requested was anything Fisher. You seem to really love the Nooney family dynamics, so do I, and it's even better when the three of them are all together in person. It's clear you love a good rinsing, so stay tuned for more of that, but also you love the character that is Paul Fisher. Here's a moment of Fisher gold that we actually kicked this huge 2023 season of Darling Shine off with from back in January this year. Here's a glimpse into the Fisher Talks Australian tour and flick of the wrist episode. That's a mouthful. Can we just talk about how you are literally the (laughs) most famous DJ in the world right now? (laughs) 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 Thank you. Oh, mate, that is so weird. That's just even that. Even you saying that, yeah. Um, I I personally don't think I am the biggest DJ in the world, but we're definitely uh, having a moment in the in the Fisher camp. That's for sure. It's uh, amazing. It's insane. I literally like just don't even, can't believe we're friends. Like I can't believe you <laughs> hang out with me and Minnie. <laughs> I actually. Mate, always, I'll take it. I'll I always, it. I always say it as well in all my posts and everything. I'm always like so proud, so proud. I'm like, how many times do I have to say that I'm proud of you in every single thing? I feel like you keep on like getting better and better and better. Like in our, in your office at home, he's got like this whiteboard, which we need to get apparently a whiteboard. Mm, we do. And he puts all these goals on them and they're, they're just tick, 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 2022 all ticked. Every like, single one of them. Where do you go from here, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, uh, I think Chloe asked me that the other day, and 
I think I'm just enjoying the moment that I'm in right now. Um, obviously, I'll have goals soon. I normally get to December and I start writing stuff down of what I want to do for next year. But like Chloe said, I've definitely ticked off every box this year and I looked at the whiteboard because I haven't seen that whiteboard since the start of the year before I left. And um, some of them weren't ticked off because I haven't been home. But when okay. I looked at that whiteboard the other night, I was like, wow, we've done everything on that and some and more and it's he's still a- going. TikTok. He's actually TikTok. like he's actually gone to like another level of the ticks. So he's been giving them a rating out of 10. I noticed the other day and they've all got 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's like only- self-proclaimed 10 out of 10. Well, yeah. You got to. I, I, think, know. I think also too when you, you're dreaming – dreaming of playing those shows and then you get there and they, um, they're they everything. Like you, you play them and you're just like, wow. You think it's that good but then you, you're up there on the stage and you're like, nah, this is the must be the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like I know I've actually been up there on stage with you but it's just fucking – for you to be the, that pinnacle and like you're just looking at those billions of people, like it's the craziest thing. It literally gives me goosebumps just thinking about it and looking back at footage. Like I'm just like, was that real? Like it's so freaking surreal like – it's just nuts. And my favourite part is that you two didn't have a you didn't have five cents to your name when you two met and now you're both <laughs> dripping in Gucci. Made this brand and the Fisher together, like the two of you. Like you couldn't have done it without Chloe. Chloe wouldn't be doing without you. Like you two are just the most perfect people. Like it literally makes me, <laughs> it makes me emotional thinking about the ride and like I've yeah. now come on this ride the last year and it's just been the most beautiful thing to watch. I'm like, I'm going to cry. You Not guys yet. Like, <laughs> Don't cry <laughs> today. It's actually it's either with it's me Usually or you. doesn't make me cry. <laughs> God, I'm out but of here. <laughs> <laughs> so coming in second, which did surprise me a little bit, mostly due to the sheer volume of love for these specific episodes, were the psychic reading episodes. So I've made a note to myself on this one for next season, more readings and more spiritual stuff next year. The episode with Rebecca Mayhew, they were a crowd favourite and you seem to really love meeting Faye too. So let's definitely bring in some more woo in 2024. Here's Rebecca from the Elodie's Live Reading with Rebecca Mayhew episode from late September. Is he happy like wherever he is? Well, of course, he'd like to be hanging out with you physically more. But I like to laugh. I laugh and say it's like the best day spa in the world with angels up there because it's blissful and lovely and no flow, no negative energy and all that kind of stuff. But he he made me laugh because he said it's like having the best surfing wave all the time. Whoa. Like he would so absolutely being able to flow. He keeps showing me like having the flowing waves perfect every single moment of that time and up there. So it's it's not just that he's just floating around doing nothing. He's hanging out with you guys. He's trying to give positive energy, bit of the healing, bit of the odd, you know, good sentence and support. But he's actually in that blissful, flowy state. And when I visualise him up there, he's literally sitting on the surfboard, you know, in that floating space. And I think, and that's his version of, I guess, heaven. That would be his happy place. But he hangs out with you guys all the time. Oh. So believe me, he's, he's not shy about hanging out with you guys. Don't you worry about that, clearly. <laughs> oh, Epic. 
And again, no real surprises, but you also seem to really love all things chumpy. Whether it was the full sperm retrieval episode, which I absolutely loved putting it together. That was a labour of love. So good. Or whether it was remembering Chumpy three years on or the birthday episode, there's clearly a lot of love out there for Elodie's darling, Alex Chumpy Pullen. And this one, if this moment didn't give you goosebumps, I mean, maybe check your pulse. This Kleenex moment came from the Chumpy Legends Die Young episode all the way back in the middle of Feb this year. So if you look up Chumpy and the Sunset of Rooney's on Spotify, there's all his songs from when he was a grommet. And people are like, oh, his music's interesting. I'm like, no, he wrote it like 20 fucking years ago, like him and his sister and Ziggy in this band. Um, But, hey, the songs are fucking beautiful and they're They're incredibly talented. Like he was, I think he was born to be a musician. He he was a snowboarder. He has the most a- amazing voice as well. Like if you haven't actually listened to him, definitely look him up on Spotify and like he's, and just the the vocals and the lyrics mm. are just like, I mean, do you want to talk through some of the vocal, like some of the lyrics in some of the songs are so moving and so like, wow. Yeah. So some of the songs like, and yeah, so I literally like at the time I'd be like, he, I'd call his sister M because I was always listening to the, like after he passed away, I was finding a lot of. meaning and comfort through listening to his music and it was like I was finding hidden messages which is weird like it's not like he knew he was going to die but I think I was finding like sense in things and so like I'd call her and be like what did this lyric mean like why the fuck would he write that and she was like he he was just so like wise and he always wrote like I'd be like did you write that word or did he write that and she'd be like no he wrote that verse he wrote that like I'm telling you I didn't fucking do this and that and so he in in like there's so many songs like honestly every song has a crazy message in it but like in space of mine it opens up by being like this world's too big for me all the buildings and the infrastructure like it I don't have a place here anymore like I want to be free in the bush in the let the breeze kiss your face when you wake up and like I'd literally wake up in the morning and like feel a breeze on my like you know yeah, I'd feel yeah. like he was there like kissing my forehead in the morning like things like that I'm like fuck he like wrote to me about that in a song like just shit like that would talk to me and I was like did he not want to be here like but he wrote that when he was 14 mm-hmm. he's like this built up world's not for me and but the craziest lyric is in Sea Whiskers where he literally writes the the opening to the song and I had this in the beginning of the eulogy at his service, it says, find me at the bottom of the ocean, find me at the bottom of the sea, find me in the orchid of desire, that's where I'll always be. Oh, goosebumps. Like Chump literally was found at the bottom of the ocean that day on the 8th of July 2020. He had a shallow water blackout when he was spearfishing. He was catching us dinner that night and he... Um, he passed out under the water and he had a weight belt on and he sank to the bottom of the ocean and he was found down there like half an hour or 45 minutes late, later by a surfer who saw his boy like in the water and they found him at the bottom of the ocean. He like literally wrote about that happening when he was 14, oh, fucking 16. I don't know how old he was when he wrote Sea Whiskers and they had like this this girl in Mansfield sing those lyrics and it's the most eerie, like, mm. the beginning of the song Sea Whiskers, if you look it up, by Chumpy and the Sunset of Rooney's, is so eerie. It's like this this little girl saying, find me at the bottom, bottom of the ocean. Have you ever met Chumpy? You would know when I say that, like, he just had this extra sense of being. Like, I just felt mm. like, not in a sense that he felt 
when you were with him, he thought that he was better than you. But when you were with him, his energy, you felt like he was always just so above, like everything that he did, everything that he said, it was just like he, his thought process and his mind and him as a person was just like such another dimension to just the average Joe Blow. Like he was just this, such this, oh, I don't even know what the word is. And it's like, I'm, honestly, I'm not he just had, saying like, this, this because, yeah, him, he like, was, he's passed away. And I don't think I can say this about one other person that I know, this, this, how special he mm. was as a human being. Like, I've never met anyone like him in my life. How he just, like, would always go over and above for anyone. He would talk to anyone. Like, would talk mm. to the brick wall all night <laughs> if you made him stand there and talk to the brick wall. Like, he always gave time. time. Like, he gave so much time and energy to my mm. my younger sister. Oh. Like he'd teach her how to play the the guitar and the, the drums. drums and like anyone, you know. And at parties, he would always be the life of the party. He would he would he was just such a extraordinary person mm. that it just breaks my heart that he's not here. And he like especially for you and and the the fact that he didn't get to meet Minnie Moo. It's just like I I think that he definitely. Like, he got ri- really ripped off it in a sense. He was, like, the definition of larger than life. Exactly. And like, that's what I was trying to find. So after this, things tend to get a little closer. The Fisher psychics chumpy stuff was well and truly ahead and then there was a whole bunch of episodes that were kind of at a similar level of requests. So Elodie's conversation with Dr. Lucy Hone, oh, this one, I mean, struck a chord with many of you. And I personally loved this episode too. I think Lucy was such an awesome human being and the conversation between them was just so effortless. It flowed. Elodie was vulnerable, really open, honest, transparent, and it was just such a beautiful conversation. I really appreciated, and so did Elle, Lucy's pragmatic and very grounded approach. So here's a moment between Lucy and Elodie. We released this touching episode back in early September. If you're looking for it, it's called Living and Grieving with Dr. Lucy Hone. So many people feel awkward to talk about our loved ones that have passed. And I think when you're that person, you just want any excuse to be able to bring their name up and talk about them. But sometimes not yourself, because sometimes, like I even sometimes feel like, do I want to, it wouldn't be dampening me, but if I'm in a group, do I want to make them feel weird or almost dampen them by bringing up chump right now? Like, is that going to make them feel weird? And like, Around my close friends, I know it never would, but like, yeah, there's certain situations where I'm like, fuck, I want to say that because there's a personal joke around this or there's something funny I could say that Chump would say right now or or that I remember that, you know, about him that I could say right now. And and I have held back in times like that because I'm like, oh, I don't want to make them feel weird or, you know, I hate that. And yeah, because it's hard, isn't it? Because you also don't want to, what is the word, like diminish or pretend or, or start shutting them out your loved one, you know, Chumpy and Abby. I want to be able to talk about her. And, and I think you 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 end up knowing the people who can tolerate that or probably do more than tolerate exactly. it. Exactly. You know, welcome uh, it. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I am so lucky to have the support I have. How um, 
are your boys? Like how how did they get through? So, you know, they were at home for a week after she died in carnage and turmoil, you know, and... um, They were her big protective brothers. They were, and we're um, there... Yeah, no, I'm going to say we. I'm the least musical person in our family, but we love <laughs> Me music. Too. So they, um, so the mute, the funeral. Just at one point, I did say, you know, it de- does seem to have become a funeral, not a funeral. It was like seriously, the music was so loud, and they both sang for her. And so, the, you know, they were at home for a week and or two weeks, and then they went back to school, and then they just got on with their lives. And you know, my training made me know that that was the right thing to do to let them just get on with their lives yeah so to really recreate as much as you can of a normal kind of environment as quickly as you can is good advice it doesn't mean pretending it's not happening but just getting back to regular routines we did that they went back to school and then they went pretty quickly they after that they both left home by 17 and were down at uni and I I don't think they would mind me saying they definitely parted hard, um, <laughs> and they and I think they needed to get away from us um, and our pain. Yeah, they didn't talk about her for a long time, and and now they do talk about her more. And um, yeah, they it's we have a pretty special relationship. In fact. I'm nearly crying, and that it's about the only thing that really makes me cry now is Same. thinking about how much they've lost and um, how much she would adore them. I literally am crying for your sons right now too, and you, because I feel like you, you feel this secondhand grief for everyone around you. Like I'm, I'm honest, always way more sad for my dog, which sounds so stupid because she's fine because she's got me, but and my <laughs> baby who didn't even know jump, like yeah, I'm, and like. I know some of his friends struggle and I get so sad for them. And then his parents, there's a whole Mm. other story, like, and his beautiful sister, his family. Like, my pain is often for fucking other people because I know I will get through this and I just see how, like, if you just look into their eyes and you're like, oh, my God, the pain you feel is just fucking, like, debilitating. Also tied for fourth with Dr. Lucy was another of our favourite doctors, Dr. Trav. So this episode felt quite vulnerable at the time for Chloe and Elodie. And I think it's because it was so open, honest, transparent and vulnerable. And that really left a mark on so many of you. The best bit, in my opinion, was that chat about how their family vibes are different when you take the business out of the equation. So the family vibes are different to the work vibes. And why is that? That was a really beautiful moment. I cried editing that piece. And as they mentioned recently, this episode was a really powerful and pivotal moment in their friendship. And it's one of their favourite episodes of all time. We'll definitely be doing more shit like this next year. This episode was recorded while the girls were together in LA back in mid-May. And oh my God, the tech issues. Oh, we couldn't get the girls' gear to work in the same room. They didn't have the right equipment. And so we had to separate them into different rooms, which I'm not sure was a bad move. But poor old Dr. Trav was patiently waiting for us to get our shit together for about half an hour. And I think we ended up having to record on Zoom anyway because just, like, nothing was working. But it was worth the wait. 
you know how you're saying you need to have agreements and like some stuff is Elodie's, some stuff is mine. Like, do you find it is uncommon in businesses for it to be like a completely, it's obviously not going to be a 50-50 split. It doesn't work like that. Like how do you like try and work out who's for what and what's, you know? Yeah, so so it's never going to be a 50-50 split. I'm bringing what I'm capable of bringing and what I'm willing to bring and I'll plonk it on the table and then you do the same and then collectively talk about, okay, well, what does that mean and what's fair and reasonable? Do you know what we are really cohesive at and like the best like we gel so good when it comes to running the family. Like when Chloe and I are together with Fisher and Minnie, we're, the, we're mm-hmm. all collectively the best co-parents and we work so well in alignment in that scenario. Yeah, we actually do, mm-hmm. which is so weird. And it's fun and we love it. And that's that's like that's what saves us, I think. And then we go into Darling Shine and we're both just like, <laughs> So, so when you go back into that example, the family example, what do you do in that example that makes it work? It sounds as though you kind of, you know, you're a little bit flexible. You're kind of adaptive. You go with the flow a little bit. You're watching other each other, and, yeah. and if somebody needs a hand, then you're there to support. Likewise, the other way, right? Yes, so helpful. But you definitely nailed nailed it then, like because it, now thinking about our family scenario, it's, it does it works, and like we've got completely. Even though Minnie's not my own baby, we have completely different parenting styles, like black and white again. 100%. Like we don't. The way that Elodie mothers Minnie is completely different to the way that I mother Minnie, and like we just. Like Elodie will do the washing. I'll be like bathing the baby. Like we just. Well, he wants to take me to the hospital every five seconds for like no reason. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. She's a helicopter. She has no, a cough. She's doting, doting <laughs> godmother. Like basically, we definitely both mothers to this kid. Like she couldn't, she couldn't live in a world without Chloe, like our baby. She's our baby. She couldn't live in a world without you too. Like both of you, you and Fish. Oh, bless. It's because she brings us so much joy and the family unit is our happy place. Whereas sometimes work, it probably used to bring us so much joy. And actually, it obviously still does. I fucking love it. But it's like, because it's a, a, I mean, I don't know what it is. I was going to say, because it's it's this, we must do it thing. But then obviously we must be mums too. I don't know. I'm not sure what the difference is. Mm. So that's some more homework, right? Yeah. So really reflect on what works well in the family, what the stakes are in the family. They're high. Versus what the stakes are in the business. Because as the business grows and you, you know, come to expect something from it perhaps or you get attached to the success of it, that changes the dynamic of how you relate to the business as well. Mm. Interesting. I think I've got such high expectations of it and I just want to, prov- like, I, I just, especially for our audience, like, you know, I think just recently there's a few people have, like, made comments where with reviews and they're just like, it's just not the same. And I, I think that has, like, ruffled my feathers so much because, you know, our podcast is about, like, IVF and grief and hardships and, you know, there's obviously beautiful, fun times. But when we started the podcast, it was through the pandemic. We were together the whole time. We were really in the thick of, like, a lot of shit. And now people are, like, devastated that they're not getting the shit anymore. But I'm like, but it just means that our life is moving to be on track. So it's not always shit all the time. And I think that that, like... Yeah, we don't have as much griefy business to talk about. Like we're not yep. in the thicky thick of everything right now. 
I think the expectations are just so high, you know. Yeah. So come back to what you guys love doing. Well, you like you love hanging out together and you love creating content that, you know, is impactful and makes a difference to people, right? Mm. And you can do that at your best when you're clear about how you come together and when you come together and what it is you're doing and all the other headaches that go along with, you know, progressively expanding business that's incredibly successful, you can have looked after by others who are good at that and you're in a position now where you can afford to start to look at doing that. So true. And I always say to Chloe, and I guess it's such a double-edged sword because I always say, don't even look at the reviews. Like I won't even look at them because I'm a bit of an avoidant person. But but then Chloe's like, but it gives me like constructive feedback that I can work with. I'm like, so true. Some of them are constructive where they're saying, you say like a lot or, you know, and I'm, and I think, yes. okay, I'm going to try and change that. Whereas some are just like trolly and they're like, they're just going on about saying that we're not the same yeah. anymore. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And look, you've, you've got your tribe and you will find your tribe and you'll continue to grow your tribe. And they're the ones that you're serving. It's not everybody. And, and where these businesses fall over is where you try to be everything yes, to everyone. Yeah, 100%. That's it. And like yeah. the, the more people we reach or the more successful, I guess, that we get, the more haters or the more negative feedback we'll get along with the positive. And it's so hard. Like you got to just keep remembering 99% of people are saying beautiful things. It's the freaking 1%ers that get us. Mm. And and the key is, and this is the hard bit, is when you check in with yourself, are you saying the things that are true for you and that are genuine for you and come from your place of integrity? And if that's where it's coming from, then what difference does it make Mm. what other people think? It's a gift that you're creating to give to people. Not everybody will see the gift, but the people who understand the gift will be appreciative of it. That's beautiful. Oh, that's so nice. Needed that. I needed that, eh? So that was your five most requested episodes from last season. That's it for this episode. Producer Carly out. Mm -hmm.